Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Before we get started, I wanted to first apologize because the scheduling with the last Sunday edition got decently fucked up and it came out at 2 in the afternoon instead of 10 in the morning where I usually prefer it to go. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's... So it's about two back in the feed at this point, most likely. Or if you're listening to this in the future, it's somewhere in the feed. It's it's two back from the one you're listening to right now, and that episode is called "So You Want to Anim- So You Want to Make an Anime," and basically what that is is it's a guide to animating yourself if you are so insane and inclined. But if you haven't listened to that and you're at all interested, go give that a listen. I loaded that thing up with a lot of great information on software, hardware, and all that fun jazz. So yeah, if you haven't checked that out, feel free to. But this episode, we will be talking about a odd phenomenon that I woke up literally this morning that I'm recording this, and kind of like my brain hiccuped into it, and that is good characters in bad shows. And what I mean by that is the character is better than they have any right to be in the show that they're in. So when I say good characters in bad shows, what I mean, like I said in the beginning, is characters who are better than, who are better than they have any right to be considering the rest of the show. And this can pan out in multiple ways. First way is you have a character who's a great character who deserves more screen time, deserves their own freaking show, but the show they're in just doesn't doesn't meet the kind of awesome that they are. Um another way it can happen is the show is about them, but it doesn't feel like it does them justice. There's all kinds of different iterations of this, but I wanted to focus on five primarily now. And now I'm going to try and leave out seriously trash-tier anime. I also only included one primary shonen battle thing because I think those are their own weird thing because they are so big. Oftentimes, unless they are the one that I'm going to talk about, they have arcs that are phenomenal and interesting and well sought out. And then they have total filler arcs. They have total like arcs that are not filler but still kind of suck. If you want examples of an arc that's not filler but is really hard to get through, go. you can go find the... Um, Hunter x Hunter Greed Island arc, which is a isekai trapped in a game anime, basically encapsulated in one arc of Hunter x Hunter, because that's what Hunter x Hunter liked to do. It's like, hey, what if we just did one whole thing where, just did one whole season of just, what if this was this genre of anime now? And that, because of the, like, trappings of isekai and the trappings of like, stuck-in-the-game-world anime, that arc tends to 
wear on you pretty quickly. Like you, uh, it took me two times of watching Hunter Hunter to make it through it. I made it through it actually the third time. An example of an arc that just is a filler arc that sucks is a lot of Naruto Shippuden and a lot of Naruto. They, they, the arc don't need to be there. They're there so that the manga can catch up with the anime, basically. But we're not going to talk about those today. What we're going to talk about is a different shonen action show, the only one on the list of five, and I'll include links to all of these with, like, the link to the specific character if you haven't heard of them. But these are all pretty... These are all pretty well-known failures, if that makes any sense. And the first on the list is one that I am infamous for deeply loathing, even though I watched 106 episodes of this damn show. That's right, it's Black Clover. And in Black Clover, I want to talk specifically about Captain Yami. Because Captain Yami is from a totally different show. Like, he is... He is... Captain Yami is Black Clover's version of the Boruto's dad version of Naruto. He is he is the shonen protagonist who has already had his own journey at some point. And what's really now granted I have not kept up with Black Clover because the, that dark time in my life is over, I hope. I still look at the, like, thing in Funimation, and, like, I just, like, at least 70 more episodes of that, I could just watch that until I die, and then I stop myself. But the thing with Yami is he has already gone through his, like, power arc. So it the joke is he just continuously makes giant leaps because he knows he can. He it, it is no longer like talent that is carrying him through. It is sheer skill and it's actually the most similar thing to it is the drag it is not Dragon Ball Z, although there is a version of it in Dragon Ball Z, but um it is the version of Naruto you see in Boruto. It, the problem with Yami's story in the in Black Clover isn't that there's not anything interesting in there. It's that the interesting stuff would be before he got to before before the show introduces like starts his backstory. His backstory starts with him washing up on a boat, and it's very clear from from to, even to the viewer. All the cool shit, all the shit that matters, all the shit that makes Yami super strong and powerful happened before he got shipwrecked. And it's infuriating, part of the infuriating thing about watching the episodes of the show that are about Yami before he was the captain of the Black Bulls is that he friggin... They don't show any of that. They show like, older versions of the same bullshit they show for the rest of Black Clover. And Black Clover is, like, watching Shonen paste, basically, <laughs> in my mind. And you, you're welcome to fight me on that. Black Clover is awful. I will be convinced of no other, of no other opinion in my own soul. 
So from here, I want to talk about another, and don't get me wrong, all of these shows on some level are like, at the very least, they are weird. At the very worst, they are absolute train wrecks. And the next one is going to be an absolute train wreck, because the next show I actually bring up in my, um, in my, in the anime panel that many of you may know me from, Full Metal and Beyond, and that is Gangsta. Because Gangsta is... Gangsta wants to be a story about disadvantaged, disabled, medication-dependent superhumans that exist in Rowanapur, the city from Black Lagoon. But it just... At no point does that show make itself worthy of even the setting. It's just so... And part of this is because Monglobe bit it in the... Cre- during the airing and, like, production of the gangsta anime. But I can tell you, I've read the gangsta manga. It doesn't get better. It gets a lot more drawn out, but it doesn't get better. I want to talk specifically about Nicholas, but all the characters are really excellent in this show but the the way the show uses them and the way everything all the puzzle pieces fit together it doesn't feel right at any point and then like two thirds of the way through the show it's very apparent like Mongolope is going out of business we gotta finish this shit and it just all goes down the tube from there but I want to talk about Nicholas because he's he's a really interesting character because I'm going to get a little meta about myself here for a second. Nicholas is disabled in the way that I'm disabled. And what I mean by that is that he's entirely capable of doing everything else, of doing everything anybody else can. And in many cases, he's capable of doing even more because he's a drug-dependent, like, superhuman. But what that means is that he... He has depth to him. He's one of the few disabled characters who has, like, a real depth. And he has this view on the world that lets him see someone who is clearly just a... Who is clearly at all points, at, at for what you can tell in the manga, maybe not all points, but for most of her life, if not all of her life, been, a, like, a street hooker. And he's clearly able to see somebody like Alex as having value, as having, like, compassion and being worthy of being a person. And he doesn't care that she's a, that she, that she's a hooker. He doesn't care... He doesn't care what she has done in her life because he doesn't care about... He doesn't care about the, like, quote-unquote normal of... A world that is very clear has no normal. But the problem is the story doesn't know how to handle the, like, angle. And this is true of the manga and the anime, not just the anime. The anime botches it in a specific way because it, basically because it was rushed. But the source material doesn't handle it any better. It tries to explain it and kind of falls over its own feet constantly. But... The anime, the, the story has created a group of characters 
who are dependent on performance, basically performance enhancing drugs to, to not only like enhance their performance and be the superhuman like killing machines, but also be stable as a, as a living human going through the world. And Gangsta doesn't really make great rules about what all of that means and what all of that looks like. It doesn't make any real attempt to... it. Where Black Clover doesn't start the story at the right point, doesn't start Yami's story at the right point to give you the interesting parts, Gangsta doesn't start the story at the right points. But it doesn't... It doesn't have a firm grasp on the rules of its world. And it, at, at no point do they sit you down and say, okay, this is what happens if this is. This is. At no point does anyone explain anything. And I'm not saying I want an info dump character. I'm not saying I want somebody to like, sit and smoke a cigarette in a window and have a conversation with themselves about, about the world and how it works. But what I'm saying is... is it, you could, through contact clues and a whole bunch of other storytelling devices, establish rules for what happens if this happens. And then you have a, a better understanding of why Nicholas needs to take these pills, of what happens to him, of who this other group is, of who this one group is, and why they're important. That's one of the reasons why... Black Lagoon, which I'm watching, I'm watching Robert's Blood Trail on my projector screen right now. But um, that's one of the reasons why they that show does so well with its setting and why its setting feels alive because they give you really strong context clues and they they do have some like info dump shit in it, especially in Robert's Blood Trail, but it's done in the idea of the characters thinking through how all the gears of the city of Rowenaper work. In Gangsta, that stuff is clearly there, A, but they're not telling you about it, B, and it's, it's not held together well enough, C. And this applies to basically any of the characters in Gangsta. It applies to Alex, it applies to um, Nicholas's partner, I forget his name. But it's just like... Gangster's biggest problem is that it has elements, it has supernatural, you know, near-future elements that it doesn't explain, that it struggles with explaining because also alongside that needs to explain the mechanics of its underworld setting because all its... Gangster is relying on the fact that you've probably seen like an underworld quote-unquote anime. And I did a episode a couple, couple Sundays ago on underworld anime. But it's basically assuming that you've seen Black Lagoon before. You see Gangsta. So you can just be like, oh, this is what this is. This is what that is. But if you haven't, or even if you have, because I certainly have, that stuff still feels tenuous, and it still feels like it. It feels like I. It feels like I'm gonna need an explanation for what the fuck's happening here, basically. 
And it's a, it's a shame that Nicholas, that the character of Nicholas is like that's the show that has him in it because he he really deserves a better show. And now we go to an infamous, more recent dumpster fire. Actually, it might be the year after if I'm thinking about it. If I'm if it's in the correct or in my head, or even the same season. Um, and that is Zero Two from Darling in the Franks. And Darling in the Franks turned into a shit show. Darling in the Franks was a Trigger A1 Pictures collab that just... It felt like it ran out of steam and then kept going and, like, coasted to a weird nightmare scenario and then became weird and over-the-top in a way that... no that, Nobody was there for like they were they were there for like the weird sexual innuendo of the butt piloting. They were there for the like zero to Ichigo romance thing, but then zero two turns into a fucking spaceship. The thing about Darling in the Franks is it should it it felt like it should have been a really interpersonal story, but it tried to go. The Gurren Lagan and like revolution of mankind route, and it just didn't. It didn't have the like bombastic character it needed to, to hold it all together. Now, granted, we were given by the gods of character design the design for Zero Two, and what I mean by the design for Zero Two, I mean just the visual design. Her as a character is not like it's not it's not bad but it's not great but the thing that is great about darling in the franks is is the visual design and especially zero two's design when you first meet zero two good looking character design (laughs) as someone who draws like i'm possessed every day yeah that Good-looking character design. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see what happened in the writing of that friggin' show, because it, it went weird. By, like, the halfway point, it was just like, what if we were weird now? And now the... Our fourth... Our fourth contestant is a show that I wouldn't necessarily call bad. I would just call a snorefest and boring and that is Dot Hackstein. And what I want to talk about, the character I want to talk about in Dot Hackstein is the character who wants to be the main character of that show, and that is Tsukasa. Because Tsukasa's character in Dot, in Dot Hackstein is running away from a lot of shit. And when that show is as best and most interesting, it's showing Tsukasa being confronted by that shit and dealing with that shit. But the problem is, is that the show never feels like it, it cares about that. It, it feels like, it feels like what it is. It feels like a multimedia project. It feels like this was the show that was produced to promote the video game and just people weren't paying attention when it got released and like, oh wait, we Made this weird existential fucking nightmare. What? <laughs> we wanted to make a video game anime. Better try nine more times. Shukasa <laughs> is an interesting character, but they don't let him. They don't let it. Br- they don't let him 
breathe. Because he, while he's clearly the main character of that show, at many points, he just feels like a side character. And it it's so... It gets to a point where, like, and maybe this was the way that I encountered it, which was very late at night in Adult Swim often, but just nap time, nap time, just, like, long enough of that show, like, good ten minutes of that show being on, out like a light. So the last show is an interesting show because I, I think that... Well, I know that Funimation was placing a lot of bets on this show. And it was a big thing. It was hyped by Funimation. And then, A, the result was fairly illy received. And I've done done a episode on most of these shows in the main podcast, in the main third day airing of the podcast. But this one is odd because all... So, let me, if you... And you probably can guess the show once I'm done with the description. But imagine this show takes place in a world where there's a newly discovered limitless energy source and the main character exists in, like, that world, but he's really old school and refuses to use that energy source because of a mysterious past. That sounds like a cool sci-fi setting for a show. But if you haven't guessed by now, I'm talking about Dimension W. Dimension W feels like... It feels instantly less cool if you watch it in the dub version because I don't... I really don't know how you do this. I uh, fucking... Don't know. I understand how you have something like Speed Graffer where you use the licensed song and you couldn't get girls on film for every the girls on film rights for every DVD for every DVD ever printed or every time it was ever streamed. So you put in bad tech now. I understand that. I even understand how you go through the Japanese music system, which is a nightmare. Seriously, and contract Incubus to make an amazing theme song for Eden of the East, and then when you when you release it as an English dub, you have to like have a bad Japanese pop song, you know, speed recorded for the opening, so you can have something there. I understand that. Those are both like, fucked music licensing moments in anime, of which there are a lot. But to be on the production committee of a show that you brought to the table, you brought the manga to the table to explore having it made and have it made and make an amazing opening, like, an amazing opening. And actually, another show that has an amazing opening that is a little butchered, I think, in the Funimation release, is Gangsta. (laughs) But Dimension W has an incredible, very, like, shake-your-booty-to-it opening. (laughs) And they just didn't get the rights for the American dub. I'm all for 
you know, doing doing the best you can. But if that's your best, don't even come to the batting cage, man. Because, oh my God, it's insane. But the bigger problem with Dimension W is Kiyoma Mabushi, who is the main character, clearly has this sordid path where he, like, would, and they get into it, and it's it is a pivot. It is like the in the apex of the show connects the dots for the viewer. They don't give they do all this telling and no showing, but they don't do all tell or all show. Like it could just be all tell, and that would be its own problem. But at least that would be its own problem. But they do like a half show, half tell situation. Not great. What I mean by that is. You know the in spoiler alert for Dimension W, by the way, because I need to explain this to prove my point. But they show they show you the fact that Mabushi's college sweetheart, the person who he was going to marry, went in for one of the first like body swap operations that that was necessary for her to live and died as a result of. Um, coils, which are the these sci-fi battery dot, like energy dots that connect connect to this fourth dimension called Dimension W, that is a source of unlimited power. But th- th- her operation fails; she dies. There's not even a body left, and they show you that. But then there's a whole section they could have shown you where, like, he develops this hatred for new technology, and as a result becomes this old-school, badass fucking murder machine who serves in, like, this state-funded military outfit that takes out illegal, like, people using illegal coils as part of weaponry. Or people using coils for illegal purposes at all. And so, what that does is it shows you like, an emotional, like, the emotional start point of his character. But then it doesn't, like, it doesn't let you see the results. So it, a show that's really good about, and actually this is a great place to end this, but a show that's really good about showing you the emotional arc of its character, about the show being about the emotions of its character, is Darker Than Black. Because Darker Than Black shows, um, oh, what's his name? What's the main character? Darker Than Black's name. Um, shows the main character, and it shows you the result of what he's become. As you go through the show, you find out little bits and pieces about why he is the way he is. And it all culminates with him being, with the first season all culminates with him Realizing where he gets his, you know, superpowers from and why that affects him and why, like, he never gains weight or any of this other shit that's, like, very weird about him. But because he's just going through the world, he doesn't pay attention to it. But all of the other characters are like, yo, dude, it's super weird that you don't gain weight, but you eat like a brick house and you're built like a twig. And... That show is really good about giving you the payoff for sitting through the whole thing because it shows you 
it shows you the effect, and then it shows you what the cause is throughout the story. And then later, when in Dark and Black, um, in the second season, in like the OVA 13 episode OVA thing, they did that's called like something comet. When a girl becomes a contractor, the main character of Dark and Black is the one who like takes her through, like, this is why you don't feel emotions really anymore. This is what's happening to you. Don't be afraid. This is how you make money. This is like, uh, this is how you figure out what your price is for using your, for using your powers. And it, it's all about, it's all about taking the viewer along with you in, like the emotional journey and that and doing that lets you see all of the rules and trappings of the world. It's it, dark and black. If you've never seen it, I did an episode on it in the podcast feed somewhere, but it's a really kind of phenomenal show. Actually, it treats its main character the way uh, who's named Hay, I think actually, it treats Hay the same way that Dimension W should have treated Kyoma Mabushi because they show you in Dimension W for the entire show the result of what happened to him. But when it comes to showing the, the like backward, sh re reverse engineering the process, that process visually for the viewer, they just totally skip it. So it feels like they introduce the character, and then the character disappears, and then it that character reappears, and they kill them. Instead of doing what most shows try to do, granted in too short a time period, of introduce a character, make, give you some form of background information about them so you feel attacked, and then kill them. So there's no... That, like, middle part was, like, you're getting to know what Mabushi's life was like in the middle kind of doesn't exist in Dimension W. But on that note, I will include links to all of these shows and where you can find them streaming. I highly recommend that you watch, if you're watching, if you're going to watch Dimension W, watch the sub-version only because that has the amazing opening on it with the banger of a song. It, these are really interesting watches if you if you love anime and you want to see how it works and how it doesn't work and how the and how you need more than just a great character idea for a story to work. You need the story to be able to be in service of those great characters. And in these the five cases I, I talked about here, I don't think they are. Until next time, I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Special Edition. If you like this episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes, and you can subscribe anywhere that you are listening to this very podcast right now. Thanks, and I will talk to you on third day.